What's good, college football fans? It's MJ Newsom back here for the Week 7 In Review podcast. We are officially more than halfway through the college football season. I should say for most teams, a few teams have already had their bye week. Most teams have already played at seven games. So they're halfway through on the rated 12 regular season games. We saw some crazy stuff this week in Week 7, so let's jump right into it with our top talk. We saw Iowa getting clobbered at home this week against Purdue. Uh, Purdue, they have this kind of knack to, you know, crush, like, top five teams just kind of randomly. Obviously did it to Ohio State, did it to Iowa this week. Um, a pretty good tweet coming from them after the game, too. Iowa ranked number two in the AP rankings as well as my tailgate talk rankings. You know, Purdue taking to social media uh, after the game. We just beat the number two out of Iowa. It's pretty good stuff both on the field and on the Internet and social media for the Boilermakers. Uh, we saw Oklahoma State and Michigan State both fending off upsets to win on the road. They both remain unbeaten. We're going to get more to the Big Ten East here in a little bit, a super powerful division so far this year. And Oklahoma State still looking for that top spot in the Big 12. Obviously, they're going to have to get through their rival Oklahoma later in the season in that big Bedlam game. And then how about some big news from the weekend? UConn winning their first game since 2019. Huge accomplishment. UConn takes down Ivy League powerhouse Yale 21-15, getting that big key win for them. Hopefully that'll get them a little bit back on track. Um, You know, it's a little hard to get on the tracks after you've been off for so long, but we'll see what direction it takes them. It's going to be my biggest disappointment of the week. Back-to-back weeks, it's the Texas Longhorns blowing a double-digit lead they've maintained through most of the game, got it early on, and just can't quite hold on. Um, definitely some question marks being raised by the Texas team and, you know, how they can – why can't they hold their lead, you know, sustain what they've built early on in the game. Uh, it's definitely a big question mark, and it's something Sarkeesian needs to address to this team given this week of practice. Um, obviously, these two losses – uh, you know, back-to-back to Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, really, really going to hurt them in that Big 12 title game conversation. Going to need a lot to happen uh, for things to, you know, bounce back their way. Um, but it's definitely something you need to address and get better on. So now let's move into the discussion section. And I told you we get back to the Big 10 East. Um, lots of good teams in that Big 10 East. Sorry, I had to quick, grab a quick water break real quick. So we're looking here at four teams that all have potential to land in this college football playoff. Michigan and Michigan State right now, undefeated. Um, they've had a really, really good season so far. You know, a lot of people emerging on those teams that really we didn't know too much about before. Caden McNamara having a great season for Michigan at quarterback. Kenneth Walker, a Heisman contender on the ground at running back for Michigan State. And then you look at teams that have, you know, are kind of more notable and have been around for a little bit longer. Um, Ohio State and Penn State, they each have one loss. Um, both of those losses looked pretty good uh, to begin. Now they're starting to look a little iffy. Um, Ohio State's loss coming to Oregon obviously looked like a really good loss for a little bit, and then Oregon just tanked against Stanford. Um, almost came back to win that game. Then Oregon almost lost Friday night to Cal. Um, you know, not, not really sure what's going on there, um, but <clears throat> Oregon obviously still controls their own destiny in the Pac-12. I, I don't really think they have a shot at the playoff right now. A lot would have to happen for them to get in there. And then Penn State obviously had that good road loss to Iowa, and Iowa gets beat like that against Purdue, and I get it. You know, Purdue is a 5-2, you 4-2 know, and two, and two ball club right now. Uh, but, I mean, 
still kind of raised his eyebrows. You know, they got just crushed. Spencer Petras throwing four interceptions. Obviously, Iowa not known for their offense, but they got to produce better offense than that. Uh, but these four teams, though, still have a great shot at getting in the playoff, and it's really, I think, dependent on, you know, who kind of comes out on top uh, at the end of this. We, you know, we got the next five weeks coming up, next five weeks for, each, for these teams' games and their schedule. They're all going to have to play each other, um, and that's really what's going to separate one of these teams from the pack, I think. Um, I don't really have, uh, you know, a likely prediction right now. I just got to think there's a lot going on in a lot of different directions. Obviously, Ohio State seems to step up when the lights are bright. Um, they, they've really kind of picked it up and kind of stayed in the shadows, I feel like, since that loss to Oregon. You know, didn't have a great game first against Minnesota, didn't play well against Tulsa following the Oregon game. But C.J. Stroud's having a great season. He's got Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave around him. Uh, I mean, Trayvon Henderson at running back, you know, Ohio State's got some dudes. Um, and if they start putting it together, obviously they'd likely be my favorite to win. But, you know, Michigan and Michigan State have been playing really well, and you can never count out Penn State with the way they play, especially at home. Um, I would just say, you know, <clears throat> best team out of these four, likely ahead of the playoff. It's going to be really interesting to see sort of where this goes uh, the next few weeks. But I'm excited, and we'll definitely keep, you know, more of uh, discussion on this as the games begin to start. So now let's transition into sort of the big big kind of rumor, the big elephant in the room, I should say, and that's Spencer Rattler. Um, we have not seen Spencer Rattler play very well this season. He struggled. Um, he hasn't played well against good teams. We know he's capable, but it just hasn't been his year. And because of that, he's been benched. Caleb Williams, a true freshman quarterback uh, at Oklahoma, has Basically taking over the starting role. He started against TCU, had a really, really nice game. Um, get his stats up real quick just so we can kind of compare them. You know, 18 to 23, 295 yards, four touchdowns. Really solid. Really solid. He ran for 66 yards, two on nine attempts, and a touchdown. Um, so Caleb Williams kind of a do-it-all quarterback right now, and I think that's kind of what Lincoln Riley likes. You know, he likes a guy like Baker Mayfield, like Kyler Murray, like Jalen Hurts who can run but also can really pass. And, you know, I think, think Spencer Rattler – he lacks in that, that running ability, um, and I think that's what Lincoln loves about Caleb Williams. But I don't want to sort of you know, count out Spencer Rattler. Um, it's, it's likely he's not going to play anymore this season. Uh, if he does, it'll probably be you know, kind of tidbits here and there. But I think the Sooners are going to roll with Caleb Williams. They look better on the field when Caleb Williams is starting, in my opinion. And I think Lincoln Riley and a lot of Oklahoma fans, staff, players realize that. Um, so the biggest question for Spencer Rattler is, you know, so what's next? Are you going to go to the draft or are you going to transfer? Um, and obviously, you know, coming into the year, Spencer Rattler was, in some people's big boards, the number one prospect. Number one quarterback, number one overall. I mean, he was, he was it. Ha- favorite one of the Heisman, all that stuff. He had a lot of hype coming in and just obviously has not lived up to that. And I think that's really just gonna, what's going to hurt his draft status. Um, I would say if you're into the draft now, I mean, he might be a third, fourth rounder. Uh, I honestly, I'm not very good with the draft stuff. I don't understand it as well as people do. Um, but just looking at the way he's played this year, I don't think the draft is his his move. So the question is, you know, where do you transfer to? Um, and I think that's a question that we're going to see answered, I would assume, by a lot of these coaching changes being made. Um, you look at a team like LSU, Ed Orgeron now out, uh, well, I say now out out at the end of the year as head coach, so I think it's pretty. It'll be pretty interesting to see who they get as a coach, um, and I think 
it's very dependent on sort of what style this coach comes in as. You know, there's a lot of names floating out there. Um, we'll just have to see what happens. But and LSU LSU's a big-time caliber school. Uh, you know, Max Johnson's a fine quarterback, but in my eyes, he's no Spencer Rattler. I'm not, I don't want to dog on Spencer Rattler. I think Spencer Rattler still has a lot of potential and a big future. This year just hasn't been the year, and Lincoln Riley, as a coach, just has to choose what's best for his team. Uh, so I think Spencer Rattler could obviously – we could see him go depending on, you know, what coach is there at LSU. Uh, you know, it's a big-time school playing in the SEC. Um, there's a lot of other landing places for him that I think, you know, you know, could just kind of come out depending on, you know, what the quarterback situation is looking like there. So we'll kind of get more to, more to that when I guess that time comes and if he, you know, for sure enters a transfer portal. You know, I put out that thing on, uh, I guess, on Wednesday that Rattler was likely to enter the transfer portal. You know, I'd gotten word that Rattler was no longer enrolled at Oklahoma, but it seems like he still has been on the sidelines. But I feel like it's almost inevitable now that he's going to transfer. Um, I just don't think he's coming back to play much this year. All right, so lastly in our discussion, we want to talk about the ACC. How can they make a playoff push? Um, obviously, Clemson, the top dog, is not the top dog this year. Um, haven't had a very good season. Uh, they're struggling to beat teams that they really shouldn't struggle to beat, like Syracuse one by three Friday night at Syracuse. I mean, things have just not gone well for Clemson. So the next best team in the ACC, at least this season, is Wake Forest. Wake Forest, um, they're undefeated right now. You know, they've had a pretty solid season. They've won some close games that I feel like, you know, they should have won by more if they're, you know, really this caliber. I have them ranked 14th. They're 6-0. and Um... But there's a lot of things that need to happen, I think, in order for Wake Forest to go to the playoff. And I think that they're the only shot at going. I don't think NC State at 5-1 and one right now really has a shot. They haven't played a lot of big teams. One loss, I feel like, in the ACC can really kill you unless your name's Clemson. Clemson has two, so therefore I think it's Wake Forest or bust. So Wake Forest, to me, has to win out. I think Cincinnati has to lose, Alabama has to lose again, and Oregon's got to lose again. And I also think that if in this conversation, you know, we're looking at SMU. Um, SMU, I have them ranked 18th. They're 6-0. But if SMU were to win out and beat Cincinnati, you know, the question is why wouldn't they be in? If Cincinnati's getting all this hype, why wouldn't SMU be in? Um, so I think SMU probably has to lose as well um, for Wake Forest to have a chance. And then I think you also have to have Iowa lose if the Big Ten East champ is unbeaten. And that would basically say that Michigan or Michigan State runs the table, wins out, and they're undefeated throughout the regular season, and they're the Big Ten East champ. Um, I think if Iowa beats them, they have one loss. Michigan, Michigan State has one loss. You know, I don't see why they wouldn't put Iowa in, but I also don't see why they wouldn't put Michigan or Michigan State in. So I think Iowa therefore has to lose. So basically, the Big Ten East, if the Iowa, if Iowa wins out, they'd have to lose the conference championship game, in my opinion. And then if they lose another game. Big Ten East champ, it's maybe, you know, win or go home uh, in, that, in that Big Ten championship game. Um, so it's a lot of things to look at. I think Wake really needs um, some some big help and an answered prayer uh, to make the playoff, but I'm not saying it's out of the question. All right, bold prediction of the week. Staying on the top of the, of the Big East. You know, I, I said I didn't want to give a likely prediction because this isn't a likely prediction. This is what I, I call it a bold prediction. Based off the way they've played this year, and I feel like the continued performance week in and week out, 
I think Michigan's going to win the Big Ten East. And that's a really, really hot take. Um, I, last year, you know, talked a lot about Jim Harbaugh and that I don't think he's in, you know, the right situation at Michigan. I didn't really think he was the man for the job. Um, and I thought that Michigan, you know, should have moved on uh, from Jim Harbaugh. They instead decided to extend him. Uh, that's why I'm not an athletic director. They must have saw something that I didn't know something I don't. Um, but I think they've played really, really well this year. Um, I think they've got a really good shot at winning out. Um, I think they've got the right pieces. Um, they've really played well this year. And like I said, their consistency of performance. They're beating teams, you know, like solidly each week. Um, you know, they're, they're crushing teams like Washington, um, putting away teams like Northern Illinois that they should. And then teams like, you know, a decent team like Rutgers, they're still winning that game by a touchdown. Nebraska's a weird team. I, I feel like Nebraska's playing everyone close this year, but they're beating them. They're crushing Wisconsin. Um, you know, their next game's coming up. I mean, we're looking at, you know, Northwestern next week, Michigan State the following week. And Michigan State's going to have that advantage having a bye week and then playing at home against Michigan. Um, you got a team like Indiana. It's not an easy game. At Penn State. You know, that's not an easy game. Maryland, you know, we'll see, based off Talia. And then Ohio State. It's not an easy road ahead of any of these Big Ten East teams, but truthfully, I feel like Michigan has the best chance to win the Big Ten East right now. All right, let's finish up with the awards. Uh, my team of the week, kind of a random team of the week, I feel like, but it's the Utah Utes. Utah was down 21-7 early against Arizona State. And Arizona State's one of those teams – or I should say were one of those teams that still had an outside shot at the playoff in my mind. Um, they had one loss to BYU. Now, BYU's back-to-back losses against Boise and Baylor definitely killed that, but it's okay because Arizona State lost. Um, they had that one loss. If they had run the table, beaten Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, maybe a few things happen. I don't see why not. You know, Arizona State, Jaden Daniels, one of the better quarterbacks in my mind in the country. Um, but... Anyways, Utah, down 21-7 to a pretty good Arizona State team. Came back, beat them. Um, really, really good comeback performance for them. Um, Utah, I actually watched them play last week here at USC. Uh, it's a solid team, man. That's a, that's a pretty good team. Let's not to mention, real quick, Arizona State game. They won 35-21, 28 unanswered points. Um, really big-time stuff from Utah. They're 4-2, first in the Pac-12 South. Um, obviously out of the playoff conversation in my mind with those two losses, but – Still have a good shot at winning the Pac-12. Um, run the table in the South. You know, the South isn't really too strong this year with you know Arizona, USC, Colorado, UCLA, all just kind of eh this year. Um, the North, obviously, it's going to look like Oregon's going to win that division unless Oregon State can win out and beat them. Um, but we'll see. And then player of the week, uh, Brock Bowers, freshman tight end from Georgia. And, man, what a game did he have against Kentucky. Really shining. When the lights are bright, five receptions, 101 yards, two touchdowns. So he really made the most with those receptions. Um, does a great job blocking, a great job releasing. Um, I really, really like the way Brock, Brock Bowers plays. And I'll just say it again, Georgia looks nasty this year. Uh, so we will see sort of how all that you know, kind of follows up. Um, we'll be back with you next week for week eight in review. Um, excited to watch you know, week eight. Got some, some big-ish games coming up. Um, you know, obviously I'm super excited once this Big Ten East slate gets cranking. It'll be a lot of good stuff. So I'll see you back next week for week eight.